Hi, I'm Brady Breeze, safety for the Detroit Lions, and you're listening to The Only Playbook. What is up, everybody? It is another episode of The Only Playbook. Holy cow, what a day in the NFL. Uh, makes it that much more exciting to be on the mic and talk about it. I'm Sweetcar. I got Shashot Shovit. Guys, this this is exactly what we dream of. Getting trades like this to be able to talk about landscapes in the NFL completely changing in like the last couple of hours. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's fun. I just wish that those uh, landscaping was a little bit beneficial to the teams that we were going for, but uh, it looks like it, it's crazy, man. Aaron Rodgers gets a guaranteed $168 million. Insane. What, year, what year was he drafted? Six. 2006? That's a guess off the top of my head. I don't know. Dang, my dog's been alive for 17 years, and I feel like it's been around the same time frame where the Vikings have been getting tortured by Aaron Rodgers. Yep. <laughs> And that just means another year of torturing from Rodgers, which we'll, we'll talk more about that. But he did tweet out saying the contractual details that was put out were incorrect, yeah. oh, but he okay. is coming back. But yeah, he's like, it's 300 million. Yeah, it was like four year, 200 mil, 153 guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's that's an AUM of 50 mil a year. Yeah, it seems like that may have shaped every other transaction yeah, that sort of happened. Yeah, yeah, that's usually what happens after these big contracts. Right, like everybody else wants the same amount or like yeah. close to that. So yeah, and and pair that with the fact that he was the most sought after potential quarterback in the market, and yeah. so we knew that whatever happens with Rodgers is going to impact the Packers, et cetera, and then everybody else looking for a quarterback. So again, so much to discuss. So much shit came out today. Obviously. If you enjoy our content thus far this season, uh, we're everywhere in social media, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, all the podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor. And then if you're watching, you're watching on the YouTube channel. So uh, appreciate all the support. If you can like, subscribe, tell your friends, it helps spread the word. So um, guys, let's, let's jump right into the news that broke today. The first thing that happened, obviously, we just talked about it. Aaron Rodgers has agreed to sign a four-year deal with the Green Bay Packers. That Again, the details that came out of the deal were four-year, 200 mil, again, 50 mil a year, which is really important for all the other quarterbacks that come after him because he's basically setting the market price for the top quarterback. It's the highest paid of any NFL player ever, right? So this is literally going to be the benchmark for every quarterback after him that's going to ask for a new contract. Um, obviously, he came out and tweeted that he, those aren't correct, so we don't know what the hell. It could be $500 million, Who the hell knows? But what is a fact is he's coming back to Green Bay, and they did also franchise tag Devontae Adams. So uh, they're running it back with the core, uh, which means Green Bay is probably destined for another at least 13 wins because Matt LaFour has never won anything less. Yeah, the two guys that they weren't certain about, at least you've got that core figured out and now work on <laughs> There's, all, everything else that you need to. This is going to be like the worst year for the Packers as far as like overall team um, structure goes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm happy for them. Like, you know, I'm a Vikings fan, so I should be hate, uh, hating them, but I don't really hate them. I appreciate their greatness and I, I realize what they have to do to continue uh, doing what they're doing. However, there's going to be a lot of players on this team that are not coming back or they're going to have to uh, do something about it because of this specific reason, right? Um, I have, I've been hearing that even Devonta Adams is, um, as you mentioned, he just got franchise tagged. He's, they're going to work out a contract by the end of this week. Um, that's what the talks are. So all that being done, what about players like Campbell who played so well on defense? What about the Smith duo? You know, these guys are great players that other teams would be, like, climbing up a crazy type of ladder to mm -hmm. just grab, right? So, like, 
These are big name players that are all, and even Amos, their safety. Like these are big name players that deserve to get paid a lot, and they're not going to get that money in Green Bay now because of this. So, yeah, I mean, again, the, this is this is the give and take. I, I mean, again, we don't even know the contract details, but whenever it got first reported, they mentioned that they were going to backload the shit out of this yeah. contract yeah. to where he's actually they're actually going to be saving ten to twelve million dollars in cap space next year to be able to possibly sign some of these other guys. So uh, I think at this stage, Rodgers obviously is looking to just win championships and he's still getting the bags. Don't get me wrong, but he's being more team friendly where the next couple of years, which are going to be the prime years before, you know, maybe Adams leaves or Rodgers regresses. Finally, uh, they're going to want to try to build a team that can contend for a Super Bowl because I think that's the goal. But um, nonetheless, again, it, it paves the picture for the NFC North. You have that team consistently being the best team in the, in the division and now running it back with the two best players on their team, I think it's safe to assume that they are going to be the best team in that division again. So uh, again, big, big news. And, and what that basically unleashed is a domino effect of every other move that happened in the NFL today. Other big one being, one of you guys break it because I'm tired of breaking all the news. Yeah, <laughs> Russell freaking Wilson. He is not only a huge part of my fantasy football winnings, <laughs> But he is now going to be doing or trying to do the same for Denver. Uh, they got rid of a bunch of garbage. You know, Drew Locke, finally. Uh, players in Denver, uh, family people. You know, just everybody in Denver does not have to worry about Drew Locke anymore. That's a Seattle issue. They did lose Shelby Harris and Noah Fant, which were big pieces of that team. But now they're going to be doing that same thing over there in Seattle. Um, but the best thing for Seattle is they get a buttload of picks, right? Two first-rounders, two second-rounders, a fifth-rounder. They're in pure rebuild mode um however we don't know the details enough to say that because they might trade for it they might be getting Kirk Cousins here we don't know they might be getting Deshaun Watson after his stuff gets cleared later in the week next week whatever so they're still that's not a franchise that really likes to just give up you know pick Pete Carroll's not that guy so we will see we will see if they're going to be starting this rebuild mode or if they're just going to add more pieces to make you know a DK more valuable and whatnot so but yeah that's the move Russell Wilson is now a Denver Bronco. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, the biggest question mark for the Broncos was the quarterback position. You had Teddy and then Drew Locke, which wasn't going to get you anywhere. No. Nah. And now you've got that answered. You've got now you can just go on and win some football games. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it like two episodes ago, maybe. Like they were the team that was a quarterback away, and they yeah. got probably the second best quarterback on the market. Maybe the first, because I don't even know if Rodgers was truly in the market yeah. to be traded. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, this is a guy that I think every other team that needs a quarterback would love to have gotten yeah. and Denver again I think hit a home run here this is like you said optimal for Seattle because now they have they have an option they still have weapons with DK and Tyler Lockett so they could get a cheaper quarterback uh, or they could get another perennial quarterback with all of these draft picks that they yeah. can now use to trade so yeah. either that or they're going to completely rebuild and yeah. get a young quarterback I, I hope they rebuild because that division is not really friendly at this point to, for the Seahawks you know like there's a lot going on there there's a lot of teams on the up and coming uh, stage and the Seahawks are clearly clearly much lower than them because of this move right here so yeah I, I would be on the safer side here and say they should start rebuilding unless they go and do some crazy like get Deshaun Watson then everything's fair yep yeah I think I think that's going to be interesting to watch but again I think it's a win-win for both sides uh, if I'm Seattle it's tough to let go of a quarterback who you know it's really hard to improve from uh, because those quarterbacks don't come around often. But I think the window of opportunity closed in Seattle. They got a Super Bowl. They went to two. And the fact that they decided to keep Pete Carroll, the rumblings were it was going to be one or the other. So because they kept Pete Carroll, it seems like this was the logical move. But I think it's a win-win because, again, they're butt-loading with picks and the future, whereas Denver is in win-now mode. 
but everything else, I mean, uh, other things around the league, we had the deadline today for players to be franchise tagged or not. Uh, Mike Williams was a candidate for the Chargers, but they actually extended him. Three years, $60 million, dude. Get that bag, 20 million a year to play half the season and be hurt <laughs> and, you know, only run yeah. 60% of wide receiver routes. But, um, dude, we, we talked about the fact that this guy was not going to pass up an opportunity to get paid. Luckily for him, it's probably easier that he stays with the Chargers. Yeah. The Chargers needed wide receiver help yeah. anyway, so it kind of works out for both parties. But uh, good for Mike Williams for getting the bag when and, and it made for, sense for him. And good for Herbert. Yeah. You know, like he has that chemistry already there. He doesn't have to build it. They have other problems to focus on. They don't have to focus on uh, getting a new wide receiver to get used to the role. Yep. Uh, other guys, Chris Godwin, franchise tag by the Buccaneers. They were trying to work out a long-term deal. Did not get done, but they did tag him. Uh, Mike Gusecki and Dalton Schultz, two tight ends, both tagged. Dolphins and the Cowboys. So uh, these teams realizing the value of these players and deciding that they want an extra year to understand and decide if signing a long-term extension or not makes sense. The Jags tagged their offensive lineman, Cam Robinson, as well. So uh, that's big for protection for Trevor Lawrence, obviously. Uh, two other pieces of kind of non-tagged information. Deshaun Watson's civil deposition is scheduled for this Friday. You mentioned Watson earlier because now that these quarterbacks are coming off the board, getting traded, Watson's another big, big name that if these allegations get dropped or you know they come to a conclusion that he's not going to face any uh, jail time or anything like that and he's going to be available, then there's a 100% chance that Deshaun Watson's going to get yeah. traded to ship yeah. out where. Yeah. So that's going to be really important. And then the Calvin Ridley news yesterday, very, very unfortunate. He was already out, uh, stepped away from football to focus on his mental health. We come to find out that, you know, whilst he was doing that, uh, he was betting on NFL games. If you have FanDuel, the details, whether you care or not, some type of parlay that included the Falcons to win the game, uh, which at that point, like the Falcons sucked. So like, did he really do anything wrong? I mean, he bet on yeah. the least likely thing to happen, but per the NFL, it's against the rules to bet. Yeah. Just like drinking and driving, right? Like you have two drinks and some people will be like, Oh, I'm totally fine to drive. But right. the, the rules are rules. If you get pulled over, if you're above that limit, you're in jail. So it's the same situation here. You know, he, he thought it was pretty harmless and yeah, he took a mental health break, you know, do whatever you got to do to take care of yourself. But you got to understand the rules that you're still under contract, right? You can't be messing around yeah. with things like this. Uh, yeah. it, it was pretty harmless, and I think it should be more of like a pat on the arm with a fine or something. But when it comes to questioning the integrity of the game, I guess the NFL doesn't really, um, yeah, you know, they'd rather you, you beat your kid, beat your wife, smoke a lot of weed, yeah, do everything you get, else. You get two to six yeah. weeks for that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, don't bet if you're a player in the NFL, and uh, you know, two slaps for um, in the wrist for betting on the Falcons. You know, maybe that's a that's a, a year long suspension. <laughs> is suspension is it Calvin team. Ridley's fault that the NFL probably like barfs out? betting promos via <laughs> FanDuel and DraftKings fucking every which way you turn because yeah. money is coming into their pocket. But when yeah, it's your right. own player that does it, yeah. sorry, bro, at least a year. It's not just a year. They don't know if he's going to be suspended longer, but he's yeah. suspended at least a year. And I, I think he can appeal this, right? I think that's. I mean, I would assume, table, right? Yeah. There's got to be a case to be made. Yeah. Obviously, the rules are rules, so I don't know what he's going to win. But um, nonetheless, it's unfortunate. The Falcon, Falcons already need receiver help, so this doesn't do him, do him any justice. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of a lose-lose situation every which way you look at it. But uh, again, the last couple of, like, last 24-plus hours have been crazy with NFL news, and I don't expect that to stop. You know, throughout the rest of this offseason, you know, even in the next week or so, there's going to be big, big changes that are going to impact the landscape of the NFL. And obviously, the premise of today's episode, how we talked about what we wanted to do is we want to talk about every team's offseason outlook, right? Positions that they need, departures, what their salary cap looks like. So what 
options they have in the offseason to improve heading into next season. Uh, we're going to start this episode off with the NFC and the AFC East. So we'll do it by division, uh, both NFC and AFC, bunch them together. So uh, let's start with the NFC East today. In ascending order from shittiest team last year to best team last year in the division, the New York Giants, come on down. You were the worst team in the NFC East, which, you know, is really, really, really sad. 4-13 uh, and 13 last year, 1-5 divisional record. They were a minus 158-point differential. So clearly, they were giving up a shit ton of points, and they could not score any points. The cap doesn't help them this year. They are negative $7.6 million uh, in the hole from a cap perspective. Obviously, there's going to be a ton of players every team in the NFL is going to have in terms of who they can restructure, who they can release to get more flexible from a cap space perspective. But um, a team that really, really struggled to, you know, be competitive towards the end of the year, they had Jake Fromm QB sneaking from his own five yard line on third and eight. So yeah. like, I mean, just, just, <laughs> I mean, as dysfunctional as an organization organization got last year, what are you guys seeing in the off season that this team needs to do to be competitive? Yeah. I mean, they've already made, Changes as far as their coaches and their GM goes, Brian Dable from um, the Buffalo Bills, and uh, I'm sure they're gonna they're going to try to help out Daniel Jones. Uh, you mentioned cap space; that's a big thing. Uh, one of the ways they can lose, they can save themselves of five million is releasing uh, Kyle Rudolph, which uh, they already did. They, they, they already, already did. did. That. Yeah, okay. that's been done. So yeah. there you go. You yeah. already saved five yeah. million. So smart move there. Yeah. Um, that was a no brainer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they can restructure Sterling Shepard and mm -hmm. um, uh, Blake Martinez. They have like this crazy uh, contract, right? Dude. With, with Kenny Galladay. That's not helping them at all. Their contracts are awful. They, they've basically paid cornerbacks and receivers. Yeah. They paid Kenny Galladay $21.1 million. Yeah. Sterling Shepard's owed $12.4 million. Mm -hmm. And those... We talked about what was the biggest fucking theme for the Giants last Injuries. year? Injuries. Yeah. So they're paying a bunch of guys a bunch of yeah. money who can't even be on the field. Yeah, yeah th that's what I was going to say. Is You said, what do they need to do? Uh, they need to figure this Galladay situation out. They paid him like a, RB, or a YR wide receiver one. He did not do anything mm -hmm. morally close to He didn't even get a touchdown. Did he get a touchdown? <laughs> Zero touchdowns. No touchdowns, <laughs> right? I mean, so like these things, again, there was a lot of series of things that happened where one thing led to another and they just, team just got decimated and then coaches got fired. There's a lot of places that you can point your fingers to. However, a struggling team with a primary receiver getting no touchdowns, that that's on the receiver. Like, I don't care which way you put it. It's still a one-on-one -on -one situation many times. You have to end the season with at least one touchdown. You know, you, he was just unproductive beyond belief. Yep. I could have played that role and maybe done it a little bit better because your best asset is... Availability. Availability. And, you know, like, I would have just avoided all tackles. I just, got <laughs> no, just kept running the sidelines <laughs> or falling. I never gotten hurt. But, yeah, no, all joking aside, I think they should keep Adoree Jackson because cornerbacks are way more valuable than wide receivers in this league. James Bradbury is one of the top ten cornerbacks in the league. That's um, thirty six million between the yes, two. Yes, that's thirty six million. But you know, as a team that gets roasted yep. every time, you have to have good cornerbacks. Um, so that part, I think they can restructure contracts, whatever they need to do. They have a lot of homework to do. This is like, this is like walking into class like halfway through the semester, yeah. and you're and you're trying to catch up yeah. with all your schoolwork. Yeah, yeah. Like this is not going to work unless they have to revamp everything. And it looks like they're moving towards doing that. They understand they're not going to be winning a lot next year. Right. They're just trying to get all the pieces together. Uh, get all the building blocks ready and then see what the future holds. Yeah, and part of it is going to have to be helping Daniel Jones with the schemes because he's sort of like the great value Josh Allen, right? right? And right. so, you know, one of the things is going to be protecting the offensive lineman. Um, and so he was sacked 38 times in 12 mm -hmm. games. So being able to protect him, maybe that even helps um, Saquon Barkley. 
right? If you have a better offensive lineman, you can bring yeah, in Saquon he, he, Barkley. Maybe he can let Saquon borrow his knee. <laughs> that might be the only way he can help Saquon. Get Saquon some of that straight line speed that Daniel Jones has. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, that, that 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 would definitely be helpful. But uh, they've got um, good draft picks. They can get offensive linemen in the draft picks as well. Um, they need every position on on the offensive line. Yeah, right they hate soldiers, a tackle, free agent, Will Hernandez, the guard, free agent, Billy Price, their center, free agent. So yeah. literally, they need offensive line help every which way. Yeah. And you mentioned it, Chauvet. Their first round of the draft this year looks very, very enticing. They got right. the fifth and the seventh pick. This is a very, very deep draft in terms of offensive linemen go, mm-hmm. specifically at the tackle position. So I think they're going to be looking at probably a tackle and a guard there. Uh, and then, again, centers, you can get a little bit more of a discount. But like you mentioned, if they truly believe Daniel Jones is the future, or even if they don't believe that, but they at least want to give him the opportunity to prove to the franchise that he is or he isn't, yeah. especially with Brian Dable, who's a new coach, um, they have to protect him because then he's not going to get any time to throw and it's not going to be a clear evaluation yeah. of if he's good or not, like if he's getting sacked 55 and, times. And he can't hold on to the ball worth, uh, you know. No, he's, he's fumbling left fumbles, and right. Like at least What's his hand size? I don't know, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I'm going to guess 10. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, I mean, again, the Giants, the, heading into this offseason, they pretty much needed everything. We talk about key pieces that they at least have from an optimistic standpoint in terms of building blocks, young talent. Allen. They're losing Nate Soldier, who's an older left tackle, but that's because they replaced him with Andrew Thomas, 23 years old, left tackle. He was the highest graded uh, offensive player per PFF last year for this team. Uh, and he's 19, or I'm sorry, he's, uh, yeah, he's 19 out of 83 qualifying uh, left tackles. So, which means he's way atop the top of the league and, right. and tackles a very, very sought after position. So, I think they have a nice piece there. And then on the defensive side, their strong safety, Xavier McKinney, also 23, also the best graded defensive player for them last year mm-hmm. uh, per PFF. And he's 15 among 92 qualifying safeties. So, one guy on both sides of the ball that at least is giving them a glimmer of hope is on a rookie scale contract and is showing that, you know, they can at least be built upon. Yeah. I mean, if you're in the NFC East, I think that you've got to be a little bit. Um, confident that you can get into the playoffs just because you have the commanders, you have the Cowboys that have a lot of question marks. Um, and, and so I think, and, and the Eagles, obviously, they're, they're probably the team that's like, is going to be the team to beat, in my opinion. Um, but you still, still certainly have a chance to get to the playoffs yeah. being in the NFC. Nobody's afraid of the Eagles, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, right. Nobody's really afraid of the Cowboys either. No. So it's like, yeah, you're right. You can be this bad. You could be the worst team in the league, but you still have a shot. Yeah. yeah. So. Like, Key key changes here and there could yeah. get you to the playoffs. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have nine total draft picks this year. So obviously outside of the first round, they still have a pretty deep draft. They have flexibility to be able to maneuver, trade back, do whatever the hell they want. Because like we mentioned, their positions of need is everywhere. Offensive line, they need, they need help. They need receiver help. I mean, again, I don't know if this injury bug is long-term, like where we're going to this year see the same carousel, but Sterling Shepard has a history now of injuries as well. And Kenny Galladay, like even if he played healthy for 16 games, like you mentioned, Shashot, what kind of receiver getting $21 million a year couldn't catch a single touchdown in the games? Like he's got size advantage. He's got uh, speed advantage. Game script yeah, advantage. He's got every which way advantage. Like he's a physical specimen. So now I'm like really, really questioning like who Kenny Galladay is all yeah, about it, and what he's all about. Don't forget he had a hip injury. That's yeah. a big deal. So, That's a big yeah. deal. I mean, again, the positions of need are plethora. So right. having nine total picks is going to help him in the draft. They still have Kadarius Tony who yeah, could they step do. up next year as he well. He was also getting hurt left and right yeah. last yeah. year, but yeah. 
Yeah. We'll see. He was one of their higher graded PFF uh, yeah. on the offensive side as well. So, yeah, again, for the Giants, it's really not hard to improve because last year was such a shit show. And having, like you mentioned, the change at GM, the change with the head coach, uh, and now having uh, all of these draft picks to work with, I think, you know, you at least have to be optimistic because, again, does he get as bad as it got last year? No. Like, does it get as bad as quarterback sneaking on third and eight from the five-yard line? No, it doesn't. it doesn't. Do you think we'll ever see that again for the rest of our lives in the NFL? We've I seen hope some, not. We've seen some weird shit. <laughs> like <laughs> third and That's pretty bad. I, that, I mean, that is pretty bad. I know. That that is going to be like the butt fumble yeah. for Mark Sanchez in a number of years. It's like, hey, remember Jake Fromm, the guy that quarterback sneaked on third and five from his own eight-year line? Yeah. Doesn't make sense. But, yeah, that's the New York Giants. Uh, you know, again, reason, reason for hope is the fact that they were so bad last year, there's nowhere to look but up, and you have to hope that the rest of the division regressed slightly. So uh, let's jump to the next team in the division, the Washington football team, Redskins, Admirals, and now the Commanders. I think it's official that they are the Commanders. They were 7-10 and 10 last year, 2-4, and four, a divisional record. Again, they struggled from a point differential perspective, minus 99 in that position. The biggest difference between them and the Giants is they have all the cap space in the world. So they, we already talked about it. They were making calls to every single team about yeah. quarterback needs because they know Taylor Heineke is not the future. They have weapons. You know, They have some core pieces that they can build around. What did the commanders need to do this offseason? Yeah, no, that, that story is like they called every <laughs> single team, including the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, uh, including you know Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to see, hey, <laughs> how's that contract with Patrick Mahomes going? You want to get rid of him and save some cap space? And I'm sure Andy Reid was like, this guy's lost his mind. <laughs> Give me a first-round pick every year yeah. for the rest of eternity. Yeah, and then maybe. And then maybe you get Patty Mahomes. <laughs> right, so at least they shot their shot. Yeah. They, they've got a list Respect. of— Forty players that they can pick up that they want as a, in the quarterback position. So safe to say, Heineke is just yeah. not the guy. You, you ever see an ugly guy with a ten at a bar? That's yeah. how they do it. They, uh. they take the commander's approach. You just go around <laughs> asking every girl. One Somebody's got to say yes. Somebody's got to say yes. Unfortunately, yeah. The only thing they're commanding is just I don't even know what they're commanding. They're yeah. commanding yeah. the best player from the other team. But anyways, um, yeah, this team is not looking good. You know, last last season they were what seven and ten, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of weaknesses. Um, you know, their defense was probably the best thing uh, starting the season, and they did not look like that was the best thing. Uh, that they had so they have a lot of needs you know we mentioned in our last episode they need some wide receivers to help out Terry McLaurin his career is just withering away on that team that's that's sad to see because he's one of the best um, so yeah they need a quarterback they need a receiver um, they, they're good at the running back position so the skill positions are you know I feel like they will be addressed here shortly hey um, another thing on the running back position is this the year of Antonio Gibson because JD McKissick is a free agent I've, I've seen enough Antonio Gibson <laughs> Yeah. To, to know that I will not give him my 100. percent It doesn't trust. matter. But no more there. JD McKissick. But there's that yeah. other guy, right? Patterson, who is going well, he's to more vulture. Of a he never catches though. Yeah. He never he catches passes. Really so yeah, the volume will be there. For yeah. that reason, he'll go slightly up. But the tr- might just show trust yeah. is a stat in its own, <laughs> and that has never failed. We me. know he's not drafting Antonio Gibson. No, next absolutely year. not. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> or am I? <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, they need help in the wide receiver position. Yeah. So one of the guys, I think we talked about this last week where, um, Mike Williams yeah. was one of the guys and then Chris Godwin, yep. those guys aren't available. And so, um, now I think that the Cowboys may actually, uh, release Amari Cooper. Yeah. Yep. So he could be a pretty good, uh, pickup for option them there. Yeah. option, yeah. uh, for the, for the commanders. Um, they need help in the safety, safety position as well. They were 28th in the, um, past defense last year uh so any help that they can get maybe turn matthew or marcus williams to yep. go out and get those guys 
could help uh, could help this team as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, again, we talked about it. They have almost $30 million in cap space, so they they can spend. They're willing to spend. Uh, they're losing their starting guard, who's really, really good, Brandon Scherf. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's no longer going to be with the team unless he resigns as a backup quarterback. And they lost Cam Sims and Adam Humphreys, who are both receivers. So, again, like you mentioned, receivers – they absolutely need receivers. They need receivers just out of necessity, and they got to take some pressure off of Terry McLaurin. And again, I, I'm almost wondering, like, you know how we kind of gave Taylor Heineke the benefit of the doubt? Like, we've seen the fact that, like, the dude is tenacious. He tries hard. Like, if given a situation, he's at least going out there and putting 110%. I almost wonder if he did have, like, weapons outside of McLaurin, if he actually had decent weapons, if he could get the job done, right? I mean, their offensive line wasn't great. Outside of McLaurin, they had no help. And so, like, you're putting a guy who's already not physically gifted at the quarterback position at such a in such a handicap, if you will. So um, I wonder if, you know, that gives them a second look. But at this stage, um, I'm fairly confident the commanders are yeah. either going to trade for a quarterback or they'll draft one. Yeah, like, these, we're talking with billions of dollars in play here, right? Like, this isn't just about Heineke. It's not even just about his teammates. It's not even about the coaches. It gets, it gets higher up and higher up. And there's billions of dollars in play. And I think they've seen enough out of Heineke to be like, you know, we're not going to print any more Heineke jerseys this year. That shit's not going to sell. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it, when, yep. when it's time to make a big move, it's time to make a big move. And I think, you know, the fa- if you want the fan base to support you in this decision, the, the smart thing here would be to just try somebody else. I think any team would be lucky to have him as a number two. Yeah. But number one, I yeah. don't think This is a Case Keenum, like a younger Case Keenum, in yeah. my eyes. You know, they're both like hard workers and everything. Yep. However, like, you know, there's a limit to that, too. Yeah, and, 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 and I think the biggest thing, obviously, is there are pieces to build around. We talked about the expectation with the defense heading into last season and how shitty they were at the beginning of the year. Um, but they still have good pieces. They have Jonathan Allen, who's a defensive tackle, who's yeah. really, really good. Kendall Fuller was third out of 110 cornerbacks per PFF. So uh, that dude's a stud. So they have pieces to build around that are young enough to where they can still fit into this win-now window before they got to pay like McLaurin or let him walk, et cetera. So I think that's why they're so hell-bent on trying to go out and find an established quarterback mm-hmm. and not rebuild and, and wait for a rookie quarterback to take another two, three years to get them to the promised land. But uh, it's going to be tough for them to not sign marquee free agents or trade because they only have five draft picks and they have no first-round picks this year. So they're they're going to have to build from free agency or they're going to have to get really, really lucky with these really, really late-round yeah. draft picks, which are very unlikely. Yeah, and don't forget, Chase Young is hurt too. So like that's a huge part of yep. what... like There's three positions on defense that really, really matter. And defensive end is number one on that list yep. and they just lost their best defensive player he could arguably be the best defensive end in football this mm-hmm. upcoming year right like it's that year where he would make a difference and he's ter- i think i forgot what the injury was Was it achilles or was it acl something down I think there it was acl yeah. so yeah it's it, regardless he's not going to be coming in at a hundred percent so that really help, uh, doesn't help their situation either but don't forget we are talking about the nfc east so you know mediocre play here and there can maybe get you in the finals or yeah. the playoffs I wonder what that call to the Vikings sounded like. I'd be interested to be a fly on that wall if they did call the Vikings what they were demanding for Kirk, for Kirk Cousins. Cousins. Yeah, or what the Vikings were demanding in yeah. return. I'd be I'd be very yeah. interested there. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, do you guys think this team is a quarterback away? Because I still think no. there's so many pieces that they need. No. no, I don't think they're a quarterback away. They're not. But the thing is, they need a culture change, right? Yeah. This isn't like there's a lot of hate. There's a lot of like. They don't even know what their identity yeah, is. They, they don't even have a freaking you know, mascot. Name. Yeah, right. name. So there's a lot of question marks, and having like a Russell Wilson yeah. would have just made yeah, everything right. better. Like yeah. it would have everything would have immediately switched. 
So now, like you know, now, now if we're adding mediocre players, that doesn't change anything. Yeah, it doesn't change, so change it was, the culture. So that's why they're calling these like Patrick Mahomeses and all these guys <laughs> just in case, because that would change the whole dynamics of everything. Yeah. So yeah, they're not just a quarterback away. If unless you get a really good one, um, a mediocre quarterback is definitely not going to do anything for this team. You know what the selling point would have been for them to, when they called up? I mean, they could have talked to Patrick Mahomes directly and be like, "Yo, dude, we'll get you as far away from your brother Jackson <laughs> and your wife as possible." Done. Uh, done deal. So, um, I think I think that I think that would have done it. I don't know about how many draft picks, but that probably would have done it. Uh, nonetheless, it, it's going to be intriguing because the Commanders again were right on the cusp. They they were at a stretch last year where they had won like a couple games in a row, yeah. and they had that big matchup with the Cowboys where had they won, I think they would have been tied for the division lead. So, uh, a couple different things yeah. could have gone their way, and that season could have been different. So, uh, maybe that's why they feel like they're a quarterback away. But yeah, you know. consistency was an issue, and that stems with Taylor Heineke's yeah. play. I mean, they beat the Buccaneers. Yeah. Uh, and, and Heineke Tom loves Brady. playing the Bucks. Yeah. So th- there were some good highlights from that uh, team last season. But, um, yeah, so that's probably why they think they're just a yeah. away. And, again, NFC East, exactly. e- where everything is wide God. open. Where everything is always wide open. So m- nice. moving on to the next. The Philadelphia Eagles had an interesting season last year. A lot of games that we watched, it seemed like there was so much like disconnect in the way they ran their offense for the first five weeks, whereas all Jalen Hurts, and then for like the next 10 weeks, it was all running the football, no throwing right. Jalen Hurts. Uh, but whatever they did, at the end of the season, they were 9-8. and eight. They actually snuck into the playoffs as a seven seed. Uh, they finished 3-3 three and three in the division, so 500 there, but they did not have trouble scoring points. They were plus 59 in point differential. Uh, they do have some cap space heading into this offseason. We've talked about the Eagles time and time again in terms of their need. Uh, there were a lot of receiver needs and a lot of these receivers are off the board. Uh, where do you guys see Philly either shopping or, or spending in free agency or looking into the draft? Yeah, I think the draft is going to be where they try to go out and get the um, position players that they want. Certainly need a receiver. Uh, someone that's like a 1B big, receiver. Big. Somebody big. big. They need a big receiver. Yeah, big rec- like a big name? Yeah. Or a no, big- I mean like a big target. Yeah. Right. I mean, Devontae Smith's his whole thing coming into the NFL was he was like 160 pounds, yeah. right? So they, they didn't have, yeah. when Jalen Hurts was scrambling for his life, he didn't have a guy to be like, I'm going to just throw it up to you. Yeah. Like, I need a security blanket, right. and that's yeah. what they need. Either a big guy or just a really good route runner, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm thinking maybe like Allen Robinson should be getting a call. By yeah, the, like, that's a great you know, fit. It might help. If he doesn't get a call from the Patriots. Yes, yeah. because, you know, Jalen Hurts is not the most accurate quarterback, so yeah. he needs like a receiver that can adjust well to the throws and, you know, somebody that has more intelligence than the cornerback guarding him, and I think that is Allen Robinson. You know who else is a big receiver? Who? Juju. Juju, Juju? Smith-Schuster. Yeah, yeah. That, could, that could be a good fit there. Could be a good fit for Devontae Smith. And yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, mean, I, I like I, him as a good compliment. If, if I was in this division, I would be crawling to get in one of these teams, yeah. man. Like, you're playing against just... Like yeah, exactly. The level of competition, the ability to make the playoffs, the chances to like yeah. ultimately get to the final dance when you're in this division, it exponentially rises. Right. And the Eagles are definitely going to be like second or first, you know, are, are, they're not going to be the third or the fourth worst team. Yeah. So it's like, so it's a win-win. Yeah. They're in a good position with their draft picks, right? They've yep. got the 15, the 16, and the 19, yeah. all in the first yes, round. It's amazing. And I think oh, that uh, receiver is certainly someone that they should... Yeah, like they got PTSD, that, though. Yes, that's the thing, right? With Rager. <laughs> yeah, like, are we going to get another... Re- they draft three receivers, and they all turn out to be Rieger. 15, 16, 19, oh. they just get three receivers. Yeah. They're like, we have to hit on one. <laughs> one of them has to be Justin Jefferson, right? Yeah, no, they, but they definitely need help on the defense as yes. well. So they've got... They need help on the safety side. They can go get Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, yeah. um, Andrew Booth from Clemson, yeah. cornerback. Hamilton then, probably won't drop that far, but Andrew Booth's a good... 
Andrew Boots a good Possible, one. yeah, fit. I and mean, then, you mentioned because they lost Rodney McLeod and Anthony Harris, who were both right. their safeties. And then uh, linebacker uh, Devin Lloyd from Utah is someone that they can get. So 15, 16, 19, you got to hope that one of those guys can drop and you can yeah. get those. No, I agree. I agree with everything you guys are saying. They're, uh, you know, defense was kind of – they, they kind of showed up some games, didn't show up some games last year. So, yeah, that with, with a few new pieces there, that could <laughs> definitely solidify something there. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, this is a no-brainer. They can run the ball well with whatever running back, clearly. Like, they don't have the best of anything. Mm-hmm. So, but they're running – they ran the ball as, like, one of the best teams, if not the best running team last year. So yep. – and then Jalen Jalen Hurts um, is a reason why that was possible, right? Like, when you have a dynamic quarterback, just, the, just the, the idea of having another player not guard the receivers but have to focus on the quarterback takes the pressure away from the rest of the team. So, yeah, for, for running purposes, I – you know, they're going to be fine. So, the only thing left here – um, they already have a solid tight end. The, the only thing left here is to add a wide receiver, and that, that could take this team from a 9-win team to an 11-win team. The other thing about the running back situation is you've got uh, Jordan Howard, mm-hmm. uh, Miles Sanders coming back contract year, right? And you've got Boston Scott. I don't know if they can keep all three of those yeah, guys. So. I don't, I don't they don't even need all yeah, three they, of them. I don't even think they care, honestly. Yeah. It seems like they're just they're very schematic. Like, yeah. they, they don't need the best in any position. They just know the roles. They know how to implement these guys and like use them for their specific roles. Yeah. So, But yeah, Boston Scott might be the one that comes back because he plays a lot of special teams too, and they really like him. So... I don't know. Howard might be at the end of the end of his career. I don't know if you want to keep like banging this old horse. We'll mm-hmm. see. We'll we see said that happens. last year, and then all of a sudden they were just loving yeah. that. They right. were just banging him as yeah. much as you can yeah, bang yeah. anybody. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I is <laughs> it's just I for me, I think two things. Right. We talk about what's important on offense since they, they they are so good at running the football with a running quarterback. Lane Johnson has been a staple at right tackle for them for years, right? And he's still there. And now they found a left tackle in Jordan Mailata, who's 24, mm-hmm. and he was the second-best offensive player last year per PFF, 88.3 grade, which is third out of all 83 left tackles that qualified, right? So this is, a, this is the type of left tackle that you hit a home run in the draft, and you're like, holy shit, we found our guy. Yeah. And so now you have a left tackle who's young. He can learn from a right tackle who's about as veteran as Lane Johnson gets and they're blocking for a young quarterback and a team that loves to run the ball so they they have a really really good setup from tackles and the position players all they're missing is a receiver they can probably look for maybe some interior offensive linemen and then they still have Fletcher Cox who's who's a great defensive tackle they still have big play slay who's a shutdown corner so they're hitting on all of the key positions so I think they just need like filler guys and that's where the 11 draft picks come into play right I I, I read some of that Fletcher Cox may be uh, released released to save cap space save cap space exactly because guys like his backup Milton Williams have been performing um, better than he has so he may actually uh, get the boot and they still have Josh Sweat Yep. He's a very young player. Was he not like the fastest defensive end yeah. in NFL history? Yeah. Before or he, was it before this guy that just Jordan Davis just ran it? Like yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he, he. I'm pretty sure he ran a four four or a four three nine. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Like wow. that's yeah <laughs> for defensive end, dude. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he's still going to be there. They have the pieces they need. I think if they add another edge rusher there too, uh, and with eleven picks, you can easily find yeah. a couple of those here and there. So yeah, I mean, this team is is this is what you need when you have a team that. Um, you know, when you have like a, a below average team, uh, the chances of you making a Super Bowl is, you know, fair, slim to none, you know, unless you're the Bengals, right? So some of those things, sometimes it works out. But the Eagles are not a below average team. They're an average team, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they've shown signs of uh, improvement in certain areas. And I think all you really need is a f- few fixes here. And then again, NFC East, they could easily overpower the yeah. Cowboys. Nine wins made the playoffs last year. Right. So it, it's, it's very, very possible. Uh, let's jump to the best team last year. 
the best team in the NFC East last year was none other than our hometown Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys had one of their best regular seasons in a long time, 12-5. and five, They were the number three seed heading into the playoffs. 6-0 and divisional record. So NFC East. The Cowboys <laughs> yeah. knew exactly about yeah. that NFC East because yeah. they feasted. They feasted. They were plus 172 in point differential. So we talked. we saw how explosive their offense was early in the season where they were just clicking on all cylinders yeah. and then Dak goes down with the injury and it almost seemed like they were never the same again. Like right. that offense yeah. and that team was never the same again. A um, couple of things that came out today, I think Dak restructured his contract and so he got that cap hit down because he was paying, he was getting paid like 40 plus mil yeah. and Zach Martin also restructured his contract. So they were negative $16 million uh, in cap space prior to that. Mm -hmm. So I know that's going to help things around. You mentioned that the report came out that they're probably going to release Amari Cooper right. who's owed like 20 million next year. Yeah. So they're definitely going to have some flexibility from a cap space perspective, but like what's the issue for the Cowboys guys? Because their defense, we know they had holes. We know they were like a bend don't break defense. So yes, they could probably fit a couple pieces there, but now you're losing Amari Cooper. Now the, the once like position that was like plethora with Gallup, who they're going to resign. It looks like Gallup, CD lamb and Cooper. Now you lost Cooper, right? So now you're back to Gallup and CD lamb. When Gallup was a number one receiver, honestly, it didn't seem like he was able to perform when he was drawing the number yeah. one corner and majority of the targets, right? I know you have CD lamb. Obviously you have the X factor and Tony Pollard, but I also fear that the thing that holds this team back is going to be the quarterback position because I still do not believe in Dak Prescott. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're I think you're right. But um Dak Prescott was a lot better with Amari Cooper on the field yeah. than he was with Michael Gallup. You can look at the QBR ratings mm -hmm. and they and they'll and they'll back it up. Um but you know, Gallup is a hometown hometown guy. He's from Dallas and, and so maybe you know, I, I you say that the quarterback is the uh, person that's holding them back. I think it's Jerry Jones holding him back because yeah. Zeke got paid what six uh, stupid money, ninety six million for six years, something like <laughs> yeah, that, right? Yeah. Something outrageous. Yep. And so now you know, I'm sure that he just wants to double down and like say Zeke is the guy. And I think that the Cowboys are exposed because their whole bread and butter in terms of their offense used to be Zeke being explosive and mm -hmm. being able to run the ball well. And then you have Dak Prescott that kind of complements that as well. And now that Dak Prescott's not doing well, neither is Zeke. And they don't want to go to Tony Pollard. They don't have that good of an offensive lineman as they used to. They're just not the same team anymore. So I feel like, you know, they've got a lot to work on. Their defense is, is probably still going to be good, if not better next year. But their offense and that offensive line needs to get help. I have the exact opposite of okay. opinion. Um, so I, I think this offense will be fine. It's not like, yes, we see like Zeke getting, you know, declining significantly. We'll see Cooper leaving and everything. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, Dak is not that guy, right? Like, but he's still above average. And um, this offense is still in the NFC East. Um, they're playing against defenses that are trash, you know, borderline trash. Um, and, you know, with the firepower that they still have and with, you know, the right coaching staff, which they still have, um, I don't think offense is the, the worry here. You know, they're still plus 175 point differential. That's like when I give like like little kid comes over to play Madden. I give him the controller that's disconnected. Like these are the kind of numbers you'll <laughs> see, right? Like like one team just overpowering. Yeah. So offense is not the problem. I think the defense is actually the problem. We we hear the big names on defense. We hear the stacked defensive line and the, the important cornerback that they have. However, in crunch time and in situational football, they're allowing just things to happen. You know, the, things are still happening. They're still cowboysing the Cowboys, right? And and it's not because of talent. It's not the talent's not the issue. It's the situational problem. So I think, you know, 
they they were probably what top five as far as point differential or like you know just yeah points, I would I would points, have to imagine points four mm-hmm. so yeah I mean at the end of the day we could nitpick you know how um, Cooper's like declining how Gallup can't be a true number one and all that mm-hmm. and I agree and I agree with that I agree with that but I just don't think that's significant enough for them to make that their primary concern I think the primary concern still needs to be a consistent defense because this defense is strictly like a scavenging defense. It's like they're just ball hawkers, right? At this point, they have a good defensive line. They 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 force pressure and but and then they uh and then it's like anything can happen in the secondary. Like either it's a big play on them or they create the big play. Mm-hmm. So I think they just need a little bit more consistency on defense. And I think the offense also needs a li- like more work as far as getting Pollard the ball more. This running up the middle is a dying trend. You know, I I, I hate this. I, as, as a guy that believes in running offense, I still think it should not be the primary focus of an offense. It should be just the complementary uh, situation to your passing game. So, you know, Cowboys are very much still, um, they still believe in running the ball a little bit too much. Like they have the firepower. We've seen them with what they do when they just unleash the passing game, but they still tend to run up the middle with Zeke mm-hmm. a little bit too much, you know, run to the side with Pollard. Like, you know, look at these new age um Coaches, what are they doing? They're spreading the field around. They're using different um, players, so it's not predictable. How, but the Cowboys are still like, let's run off the middle. Like that's the most predictable play in football, and they're yeah. still trying to make that their baseline, which is not going to work. I think they had the most successful when Dalton Schultz was on uh, the field last year, okay. and that personnel. So I'm glad that they brought him back. Uh, I think he's going to definitely help that offense more. Um, so you know, kudos to them to making those right moves there. But uh, they're just they're just not going to go that Pollard out, man. They just think Zeke's the guy still, and I I disagree. I think it's Pollard time. But I mean, so you're not wrong. I mean, I think all of these facts are true about the Cowboys, right? I think I think they need to understand that, you know, in hindsight. We we talked we debated. I remember talking about this. Not on like this podcast didn't exist, but when uh, Zeke got drafted, who was the other guy that the Cowboys could have drafted that they passed up on? Number five overall got drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars right after the Cowboys. Cornet? No. Oh. Cornerback Jalen Ramsey. Oh yeah, yeah. So and the Cowboys needed cornerback help. Yeah. So they were like, are we going to solidify our defense to get a shutdown corner? Are we going to get a flashy running back at Ohio State when running backs never go top five anywhere? That just does not happen unless you're like otherworldly talent, right? So dating back to that, yes, like in hindsight, Jalen Ramsey is a shutdown corner, right? The value that a shutdown corner provides you versus a running back who's above average, like it's second to none. But extending Zeke, giving him that big contract, I think they need to look themselves in the mirror now and be like Zeke being owed $18.2 million a year next year when he's not even the best running back on the roster? That doesn't make sense. Hey, Zeke, it's been a nice fucking run. Either you have to restructure and give us a team-friendly contract or this could be one of those caps, cap space casualties, right? Yeah. And and that's the thing when, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the Vikings and like how there's so many players that like I over the last five, six years have grown close to, and like, I would hate to see them leave, but for the greater good of the team, which we're team fans, we're wanting the team to succeed and do well. Zeke is a huge casualty here. And so like, if he can see, I still want to be part of this team and I want to win a Super Bowl. Zeke should be taking a pay cut substantially because he's not on the field enough to justify getting that much money. And then the last point should show, I agree with you. Their problem is definitely defense because look at all these pending free agents. They have safety, Keanu Neal, linebacker, Leighton Vander Esch, uh, safety, Jaron Kerr. So they're already safety, Malik Hooker, right? And linebacker Randy Gregory, who was part of their edge rushing. And might I add, Demarcus Lawrence declined a contract yeah. restructure. So yeah. what that situation is going to look like, I don't know. 
Demarcus Lawrence last year was fourth out of 107 qualifying defensive ends with a 90.9 PFF grade, right? So right. that dude is a game changer difference maker. Him, Randy Gregory, and Micah Parsons were the revolving door of like havoc. Gregory's a free agent. Demarcus Lawrence doesn't want a pay cut. Yeah. So Micah Parsons is the only guy you have left. So that defense that was like, oh, well, we're going to mask the inefficiencies of the back seven. Now all of a sudden only have one guy rushing the passer. Yeah, that's not a good sign. That's not going to work. So right. these they're going to have to figure out a way with their six draft picks, they have the 24th overall pick in the first round to either, you know, trade up or just draft solely on the defense because there's too many guys that are going to be leaving this team. And like you said, you think the defense is going to improve. I'd actually argue that if they don't make any changes, just naturally this defense yeah, is going to regress. I, I think Zeke needs to start looking at apartments in Miami and trade him for Xavier and Howard. Yeah. And just, you know, like, <laughs> honestly, seems like he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. yeah. He needs to not be here. So I think that swap. Would be pretty bad. Dude, that would be insane. That'd be good. Yeah. That'd be good for them for sure. So, I mean, again, it, it, the Cowboys are in a weird situation because, yes, they won the division handedly last year, right? Yeah. They were a good regular season football team, but we watched them play and there was always, it always felt like they, there was something missing. Like there, there's something that's not taking them to the next level. And I don't know if it's Mike McCarthy's execution and late game crunch time where he's notoriously been known to be bad, right? Yeah. So, and, and then you have like, the overarching hierarchy of somebody like Jerry Jones just like breathing on top of your neck 24-7. And the Vikings were a perfect example of how fear-mongering in that culture is like really, yeah. really toxic this this day and age. And it does seem like Jerry Jones is like everything that happens, be like, well, we got to clear it with Jerry first. You know, like it, it's all running through Jerry. Yeah. And so that's the problem with like the 18.2 million to Zeke. Right. So maybe it's like you kind of rebuild or like just don't really care too much about this year and hire Sean Payton next year. Oh, dude. I mean... Wasn't wasn't there rumors that Sean Payton wanted to come to Cow yeah. the Cowboys? Hmm. Yeah, I mean that that could if, if the Cowboys have even another season identical to that last year where they're twelve and five, they're the number three seed and they get bounced in the first round. Yeah, right. Mike McCullough, he's gone. Yeah. He's gone. Oh yeah, he's sure. gone. So sure. uh, th that would be a match made in heaven. So if the Cowboys are thinking long game or the end game, then yeah, Sean Payton is the end game. So. Um, I don't know. That's the NFC NFC East. So uh, let's jump over to the AFC. From shittiest to best, the shittiest, known as the New York Jets last year, 4-13, and did not win a single game in their division, minus 194-point <laughs> differential. That is just— That was a little kid that came yeah, over. Yeah, that that was the kid that you beat 195-0 to in yeah, Madden. Yeah. Um, but they are a mess. This is a team that is the example of there is no wrong move in terms of adding better players, right? They need everything. The good thing is they have a shit ton of cap space to get there. They have 10 draft picks. So this is a great offseason for the Jets in the sense that they can go out and spend money on whatever they want or whatever they think of value, and they could they have enough draft picks to build something. And so um, a team that really has nowhere to go but up and has all of this uh, capital and draft capital, where where are they looking to get better? Yeah, I mean, on both sides of the field. Everywhere. Like, yeah, <laughs> offense and defense. So there's two ways to look at this. You know, you can either A, help Zach, Zach Wilson, mm -hmm. or B, revamp that defense because that defense around, uh, uh, allowed the franchise highest uh, 508 points this year, right? So Awful. Yeah, just, just got awful. So um, if they do decide to uh, restock the defense, they can get – they need a safety help. Uh, Terrell Edmonds from the Steelers. He's a guy that they could go out and get. Um, they 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 had only seven interceptions last year, so it's not going to cut it. Yeah. You know their defense, like I said, needs help. Um, on the offensive side, it, I think that they definitely need someone to protect Zach Wilson. And 
this is where the question comes, well, do you go to the draft or do you use your cap space that you have? And I think that they're definitely going to utilize the draft to get an uh, offensive lineman or tackle to help um, Zach Wilson not kind of run it with his, uh, what do we say, chicken? Chicken with his head cut off. Yeah, yeah. chicken with his head cut off. Uh, and, and definitely another receiver and a tight end, just more explosive players that can get the ball and targets from yeah, Zach Wilson. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree completely. It's like when you buy like a brand-new laptop, you got to get the insurance on it, right? Yeah. Like Zach Wilson is that laptop, but he's getting thrown around and there's yeah. no protection. There's so. no case on it. He doesn't have a charger. Like he's got nothing. He just gave him the laptop. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so it's like th- that's not going to work. So they need to definitely fix that lineman situation big time, and I think they will um, because this draft is pretty stacked with a bunch of you know good linemen. I don't even know if it's just because of the technology and like we're getting to see more uh, camp data like I'm I, I'm all, it's all over my pages uh, and all how all these offensive linemen are like the best we've ever seen mm-hmm. it might just be how like evolution works yeah. you know people like just super get, fast yeah too, the, right? the yeah. speed at this combine yes. has been insane yes it's 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 been you know completely different I think it's just gonna get better and yeah. better. you know it's yeah. just, this is just how life works um so yeah but again the big cap hits are my problem here like CJ Mosley getting paid 17.5 he's been declining significantly over the last four years yep. I actually drafted him in my IDP <laughs> league in 2016 as my number one pick so he was really good at one point right and then with the ravens with the ravens yeah and then he got tossed around and now he's you know the best player on the shit on the <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah that's a big problem and Corey davis getting paid 13.6 million you know he's a good player but he can't be your best player and in this situation you need to you need him to get some help because this guy is getting banged up he's getting hurt a lot and you know, and he's never going to be a number one. We just nope. have to understand. So they're, they're trying to pay all these people that are never going to be the best in their position. And I don't think that's a good move, especially as a young team. So they need to figure something out here um, and start getting some youth involved. And I think paying youth uh, little amounts of money and just getting a lot of them and just trying this year out to see what happens. Maybe they win four games in a row and then you sign somebody, a bigger free agent. You know, there, there's a different process the Jets are going to have to take versus all these other teams we've talked about today just because how deficient they are in literally everything. Yeah, Everything and anything is a need, right? I mean, uh, we talked about, you talked about the cap hits. You talk about these guys that are perennial free agents, right? So they're losing Jamison Crowder and they're losing Keelan Cole. We already talked about the receiver deficiencies. Corey Davis, who's getting paid way too much money to not be productive. So luckily they have a young stud in Elijah Moore. And I think that's really important that they need to find a actually a good receiver to pair him up with so this is another like i talked about i think last episode this is another possible Allen robinson fit a guy who wants the bag a team that's wanting to dish out the bag and i mean it actually makes sense because zach wilson needs targets and weapons and so uh that's another spot that i think it makes a ton of sense and and i wouldn't be shocked if the jets are one of the teams that actually delve out money for a big name uh free agent lineman because again Line, there's positions in the NFL that you pay way more than other positions, right? And when you have this much cap space and you have nobody on your offensive line and you have a quarterback of the future, the one thing you want to do is get one guy, at least on the offensive line, who's established, who's really good, who can at least lead the rest of the guys, who can be the veteran, who can be the presence. And so... I think the Jets are going to go out and at least sign somebody in free agency just because they have the money to do where other teams may not have that. Mm-hmm. But I also would not be surprised if with all of their draft picks in the first round, fourth and 10th, right? That wouldn't be surprised if they're loading up on the offensive side of the ball to protect Zach Wilson. Um, and also, again, improving in key places like edge rusher, cornerback, uh, and probably linebacker on the defensive side. So again, there's really no wrong decision. 
unless they just you know become the Jets and do something stupid like give forty million to Zeke or some shit. You know, yeah. it's just some Jets type of thing. Right, but right. again, they're in a good spot. They have the draft picks. They have the cap space, and there there's not a position that they don't need. Maybe outside a quarterback, but that's still remains to be seen. So um, I think for the Jets, similar to the Giants. Similar to these New York teams, there's nowhere to go but up, right? There's nowhere to go but up. So uh, let's hope the Jets at least, because I feel like the one other thing, the last note on the Jets is for as bad as the Jets have been, I feel like throughout the course of our football watching, they've always had a pretty good defense, right? I feel like, you know, if their offense sucks, if they got Matt, Mark Sanchez or Chad Pennington or a bunch of like noodle arm quarterbacks, the one thing they'd always have is at least a good defense, like Daryl Revis. They'd have defenses to give their offense a chance to win despite their offense being shitty. And now it's just like 508 points last year. You already have an atrocious offense. Like this is like a pair that's like two of the worst of their kind. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see which route they choose. Do they, do we want, like, we just got to protect Zach Wilson, forget the defense yeah. or do we, they, do they just keep the def- offense as it is and, and focus on the defense? Cause I mean, they were both really bad with the money and the draft picks. I don't see a, yeah. I don't see a situation where they yeah. can't do both. Yeah. They can definitely do both 10 yeah. total picks and, $38 million in cap space. Yeah. yeah. You can do a lot of things. Yeah. So future should be bright for the Jets unless they outjet themselves. The next team on the board, the enigma that is the Miami Dolphins, who finished last year 9-8, and eight, above 500 after they strung, what, seven game wins in a row after starting the season 1-7. and 4-2 and two in the division. Uh, didn't score enough points. I think that's kind of the key for them is they were minus 32 in the point differential uh, category. Obviously, they have a new hiring with Mike McDaniel, so there's a huge change from that aspect, the firing of Brian Flores. And boy, does this team have some cap space. $60 million oh to God. spend. That's before any restructuring structures before any other actually in-house moves that they can do to create even more cap space and you're looking at a team that you know in terms of the biggest cap hits next year are there two cornerbacks byron jones and xavion howard right 16 million each which that's not a bad place to delve out that much cap space right because their their staple had been their defense and these cornerbacks are very very important again if you have huge deficiencies everywhere else on the defensive side so it's a pretty solid place for money to be spent on and then you're looking at these free agents that they have i talked to you guys about this before uh they have no running backs outside of uh miles mm-hmm. gaskin right mm-hmm. all the other four running backs are free agents we talked about it early on they did tag mike Gusecki, so they bring him back as a weapon for tua but where are you guys seeing with eight picks 60 million in cap space where should the dolphins go first yeah these are the first play is going to be on the offensive line i think you got to be able to help Tua. Um, they were one. They had one of the worst um, pass protection last year. So whatever you can do to bolster that offensive lineman, you go out and do. You do. Uh, the next question mark is going to be on on uh, the receiving core. I know they've got Jalen Waddle, uh, obviously stud number one receiver, but Devontae Parker may or may not. Prone. Yeah, he's in the Mike Williams category for yeah. me. He's so much promise, man. That dude's yeah. so talented, he so but he good. can't get stay healthy. Yeah. There was that one game where I needed just <laughs> ten catches when you when you needed Waddle to do yeah. good, just one catch or something. <laughs> like that one point something ridiculous and he, he couldn't do it um but and and waddle went off but i think Devonte parker his question mark of whether or not he's going to be on the team or not presents other opportunities for them to go out and get some uh receiving help whether they do that from the draft if if there are receivers that are available um free agency is kind of getting it's it's the list shrinking. is conden- condensing and, sh- and shrinking a little bit so it's going to be interesting what they what they do there um but yeah i mean just offensive linemen help to us. This is the main main goal yeah. here. Yeah, that's definitely a primary concern. Um, yeah, if you were to at, give me a any team right now and be like, here, fix this. I'm choosing the Dolphins. Yeah. Like, because first of all, you know how they say like real recognize real, right? 
Well, like nerds recognize nerds really well. And this new head coach is a nerd to the <laughs> T. Yeah. Like he just loves the game. He loves studying the game. He loves everything about the game and he knows how to win the game. So, you know, if Kyle Shanahan gives you the keys to his running game, he's like, here, run stuff. And it succeeds, you're going to get hired as a head coach somewhere, right? So, and I'm not, sure, and I'm not going to say he's going to change that uh, method. And he's not coming into a system where he already has players that he has to maneuver around. There are no running backs available, right? It's just Gaskin, who's pretty talented. He wasn't used properly and his linemen sucked. So I think Gaskin would be a good fit for this system. And yeah. it's not just going to be Gaskin. He has, the head coach now has power to, you know, draft a new running back. You know, Dalvin Cook's little brother would be running all over the place with a, with a system like this. So there's a lot of uh, maneuvering he's allowed to do. With that much money, with this many picks, and with this much freedom, that's like that's like a football nerd's dream, yeah. right? So, like, you know, um, this is and, – and not just to, you know, uh, put down players, but, um, you know, to, to, to give you a good analogy, it's like, you know how some players, like when we used to play Madden back in the day, like they could use any team and win with any team, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't matter what team you're using. Well, that's not on the players. That's on the person using the players. That's mm -hmm. on the system, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you have a good system, you can find the flaws in every scenario and adjust. And I think that's why this is such a key piece. Having a young quarterback, being having all this money and all these picks to just do whatever you want with it, it's like a Christmas present for a football nerd. Yeah. So I think all this is just going to work out really well. And, you know, players like RG3 were, have already come out and said he's an evil genius. Like, he, this man knows exactly what he's doing. And George Kittle, just the other day, he's like, he would want Mike Daniel on, like, he, he basically said <laughs> he wants to retire with Mike Daniel. Like, he's like... McDaniel? Mike or, McDaniel. Yeah, Mike, oh, sorry, Mike McDaniel. He's like, can we adjust my contract so, <laughs> so wherever Mike McDaniel goes, I just go with him? Okay. So it was, it was something funny he said on, like, a different podcast. Wow. But yeah, so there's a lot of praise from all over the place. And like I said, like, this is a, this is a dream come true for somebody that loves the game to its purest form. So I'm really, really excited to see what he can do with such a perfect fit. Like all this is just laid out perfectly. And now it's like, here, prove to us that you can do this. Yeah. And I think like you're spot on in the sense that situationally, if you were a head coach coming into the off season, yes, there are probably like better overall teams that you could have got hired by, but from a, you pretty much have the keys to do whatever yeah. you want. This is the best franchise yeah. and landing spot. Obviously again, 60 million cap space and eight picks. Right. And the biggest thing with them is we talk about it. We have, you have Tua who you're trying to figure out as a quarterback of the future. So what you need is to protect Tua and you just need defensive line help because their best assets, we already talked about their two corners. Yeah. Javon Holland is their safety, who's the fourth best safety in all of football last year, right? So their back three of their back four are like the Stugs. cream of the crop. Yeah. So if this team can just generate pressure from the defensive line perspective and then protect Tua, right? So you're basically heading into this draft and heading into this offseason with all this money looking for defensive line help, offensive line help, probably a running back. CMC, I think, by far is the greatest fit here ever. Mm -hmm. Dump off to uh, catching CMC, shit ton of money. He's going to need some money to be paid. Uh, and then, obviously, again, generate pressure. Because if you even have a half-ass defensive line that can generate pressure, bro, you have those corners and safeties back there protecting the back end of the sport. I mean, again, this is a dream come true for a new coach that basically, like, has the keys to, like, a brand-new mansion with, like, all of this flexibility. I, I just think, again he's coming into a situation where he has the ability to turn this franchise around 
a lot quicker than pretty much almost every other head coach that's got yeah. hired. I hope he gets everything that he can from Tua to be successful because I feel like the biggest question mark in this whole um, team organization is going to be Tua and whether or not he, he can, actually is the future. He actually yeah. is the future or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it really bothers me when I see like NFL players not perform well because, you know, that, that was your goal in life is to do this and get to this level. Yeah. And if you have the right protection, you there should be, be there should be no problems as an right. NFL quarterback. You should be able to make your throws. Like, how did you get this far if you mm-hmm. can't do that with protection? So I think with the, again with the cap space and with the uh, the amount of picks they have, they should be able to get a running back in there somewhere. Fit a running back in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Grab a couple of offensive linemen in there somewhere and grab a defensive tackle there somewhere. Yep. And you know that that should that should fix everything. Yeah, yeah. They definitely have the flexibility this offseason to basically go any route they want, right? Yep. Any route they want. Um, obviously, they already uh, they already have. I mentioned you already mentioned Jalen, Jalen Waddle is a perfect guy to build around on the yep. offense. And I talked about Javon Holland on the defensive side and their defensive tackle Christian Wilkins, who's also twenty six yep. and he was the sixth best defensive tackle, right? Yep. So really, all they need is edge rushers and offensive. Of linemen and, and and they're setting themselves up really nice and you've got uh notable free agent emmanuel ogba who yep. had the most um sacks in the last two years on that whole team so yep. that's probably someone that they, they, they have get to back, replace right? or either get back yeah i don't know what kind of contract ogba is going to demand but yeah with all that money i mean there's not going to be very other very many yep. other teams that can probably afford him so right. he, he's a good piece to bring back but yeah again i think the dolphins are in a very very advantageous situation you're in a division where yeah the bills are probably the cream of the crop but there's no reason that you can't remain competitive especially after you know being bad and still being nine and eight last year, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. so the, there's a ton to improve upon. But let's jump to the next team: Bill Belichick and Mac Jones and the Patriots last year, who were ten and seven. They they got the sixth seed in the playoffs, two and two in the division, so not great. Uh, did have plus one hundred fifty nine point differentials. So again, for as you know, limited as we feel like Mac Jones is from an offensive perspective, the team had no problem scoring points and shutting def- or, uh, opposing offenses down. They do have a little bit of cap flexibility heading into the offseason, right around $10 million. So you're looking at a team that obviously, you know, they, I feel like they hit a, they hit a home, not, not necessarily a home run, but I think the expectations they had for drafting Mac Jones, I feel like he surpassed him last season. I think just from a lens of what we expected him to do relative to other quarterbacks, he did a really good job, right? So there's still at least optimism there that the the true potential is not untapped yet, and there's still stuff to build upon and get better at. And that's a good position to have somebody like that that has some potential. But he needs a ton of help. I think their biggest problem was they didn't have enough receivers to throw the ball to. They spent a shit ton of money to get this two tight end set, and their tight ends were pretty much hurt the whole year. You have Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, who I don't know how much – Playing time. Hunter John Henry Smith. was just used in the red zone. Yeah, yeah. He just got, got a touchdowns. shit ton of touchdowns. Like one touchdown a day. Yeah, but Jonu Smith was pretty much hurt yeah. almost like the entire season, yeah. and so and then they spent almost fifteen million on Nelson Aguilar, who yes, he's kind of revamped his career from his shitty Eagles days, but he's still not a receiver that's a number one receiver or deserves fifteen million. So you're looking at a team that severely lacks playmakers for Mac Jones, right? They already have a decent offensive line. They had a pretty good defense, which again. It's interesting now to think about because they didn't franchise tag J.C. Jackson, which means he's going to be a free agent as of Monday if they don't uh, agree to a long-term contract. So which way do you go? Are you looking at, you know, a Patriots team that for for a really long time prided themselves on a defense and just had the luxury of Tom Brady, or now you don't have Tom Brady, right? So your quarterback clearly needs weapons, but you also need some defense help. Yeah, I think if you don't hire J.C. Jackson back or if you sign him back, then you are going to be limited very much i think you they're gonna go out and look for a safety that can play man on man which is what they like to do and if they can't find someone like that that's kind of not the patriots way of 
being like they're not a big zone uh, mm-hmm. defense kind of team. So uh, I don't know what they're going to do there to to be able to make sure that they um, get that fit that personnel. Um, but uh, that on that's on the defensive side. Now on the offensive side, you, you're right. They need help on f- to for Mac Jones to be able to throw the ball to the right receivers. Jacoby My- Myers finally gets one touchdown uh, last year in like so many snaps and and, and now he's a free agent and now good i mean <laughs> that, that guy's got, had to go and, and so i mean um there's some notable free agents that i think that they they need to figure out james white is one of those guys i know they've got ramondre stevenson they've mm-hmm. got uh david harris. harris as well but those guys are pretty much a similar type of running backs in my case uh, like they're not the pass catching running backs that mm-hmm. that james white kind of brings in so um they're gonna have to kind of change the way they do business around there and how they try to win games. So, um, yeah, I mean, more better receivers is, is yeah. the main Th- thing that's, there. That's the state. That's the that's the obviously the best answer here. Yeah. You got to improve the wide receiver situation. Um, if you take this team, if you take this core, and move them to a different division, like let's say NFC East or whatever, um, they're gonna not gonna do too well. What I meant to say was like you can move this team and leave the coaching staff behind. This team is trash. Yeah. This team is absolute trash. Mm-hmm. The only reason they're doing whatever they're doing is because of this insane system they have in uh, uh, Patriots land. And doesn't matter. It seems like it doesn't matter who's on the team. That was the worst Patriots team, like skill position wise, everything wise I've seen ever in my life. And they went 10 and 7. Mm-hmm. Right? So like with the rookie quarterback, with the rookie quarterback. So it's like right. at this point, I feel like a fool to try to tell them what they need to be doing because this <laughs> team knows exactly what to do always. Yes, they lost J.C. Jackson, and, and that's that's alarming, right? That's alarming yeah. on so many levels. That arguably, throughout the year, like by week eight, people were saying that's the best cornerback in football, right? So it's like you lose p- key players like that. Like the Rams, if they lost Jalen Ramsey, they're screwed. Yeah. They're going to have to redo all kinds of stuff. But for we're sitting here knowing the Patriots will be fine, right? As long as they have those two guys um, up there, like just taking care of business, it doesn't matter who's out there on the field. And that's so crazy to me because I have never said anything like that about any other team you know even the Packers they lose a couple pieces there they're screwed Uh any team can lose their best players and be screwed but the Patriots don't even have a best player they're just out here just playing systematic football and going 10 and 7 so at this point that can only get better if they add significant weapons right so I think weapons is the key here they have seven picks not too many uh and they they only have a first round pick a second round pick and a third round pick that's basically it um as far as like the higher the higher end yeah the first two days yeah so you know it's like what are you going to do here? Um, you're just going to give the keys to Bill Belichick and be like, here, continue doing whatever you do. Yeah, I mean, as far as like their drafts with who they're going to go get, I, can, I can't see them getting anyone besides someone in defense. Mm-hmm. And like the one game that comes to mind is the Colts game where Jonathan Taylor just runs over uh, the Patriots and, and they ended up, the Colts ended up winning that game. So uh, someone that can cover a greater length of the field as far as a linebacker, like a faster linebacker, I can see them trying to go out and grab someone like that as well. Yeah, I mean, you think about these names, right? The Patriots for years have been able to be successful because of the system and because they've had like staples on that defense. Like Devin McCourty, free agent. Dante Hightower, free agent. Kyle Vannoy, free agent. Jamie Collins, Collins, free agent, right? So those are three linebackers and a safety that have been staples on that defense for years. They're all free agents. So yeah, the Patriots system has been so phenomenal. I'd be really interested to see how this defense can bounce back after losing this many names this offseason. And on the defensive side, they still decided not to sign JC Jackson or franchise tag him, which means that's another guy who's even younger that they're losing now. So their best defensive player now is Adrian Phillips, who's their safety. He's damn good, but the the safety position is not like a position of 
absolute need when it's like the biggest defensive yeah. position. It's yeah. defensive end and cornerback. So uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see which way they head because they have they have some money and they have some draft picks, yeah. but I think they're going to have to do a little bit of maneuvering to either find some value, like you know, like the like couldn't you see the Patriots looking for like the Jamison Crowders because they're a discount, yeah. but they're reliable oh, yeah. for Mac Jones, you know? Yes. So like those kind of guys that are like great value deals that Bill Belichick yeah. Yeah. schemes up, and then he just drafts a bunch of defensive players to replace yeah. all these big that, names. That's literally what's going to happen to fit the system. The, so the, you, when was the last time you saw the Patriots pay big name for a big receiver? Never, never, dude. Like they get everybody never. a discount, even yeah. Randy Moss. Yeah. Let's get him at a discount. It's just like discount, double check yeah. their whole life. Exactly. They know how to shop. Yeah. They're bargain shoppers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, again, I, I'm not worried about them. I'm hopeful that Mac Jones gets weapons yeah. because I want to see if there's another level to his game that's been untapped yet, right? Or if this is Mac Jones. Right. So, uh, again, 10 and 7 last year. So, there is some optimism there. But all of these teams, these three teams, have to run through the top team last year. The Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen and crew, who were 11-6 and six last year, they were the third seed in the playoffs, went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and just fell short. 5-1 in the division, plus 194-point differential. That's going to get the job done. So the Buffalo Bills, obviously, lost Brian Dable. Right, so th- there there are changes there. They don't have a ton of cap space. They're actually six and a half million in the hole. Obviously, there's going to be contracts they can restructure. But big guys that are getting a ton of money: Stephon Diggs, seven point seventeen point nine million, warranted. Tre'Davious White, sixteen point four million, warranted. Josh Allen, only cap hit of sixteen point three million. What a fucking bargain! Uh, and then you got Tremaine Edmonds, twelve point seven, and their left tackle. So this team has done a really good job of paying the right positions. And not and right now they're still in a window where Josh Allen's cap hit is still not the extreme amount that it's going to be in a couple of years or so. So this team was so close to beating the Chiefs and getting to that AFC Championship game, so they probably feel like they are, you know, one or two pieces away from running this thing right back. What do they need? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you're in the AFC Championship, right? The AFC you're one possession one, away. Right, one one possession away from the AFC Championship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it just seems like they would are like be. Yeah, I know sure, exactly. Right. Uh, anyways, but yeah, they're, they're they're so close, and I think that you're right. They're only one two pieces away. Um, one of the things that they need to do is figure out their cornerback situation because they did to Dravius to Dravius White. Mm-hmm. He did tear his ACL, mm-hmm. right? Um, Levi Wallace is set to be a free agent. Yep, that's big. So you definitely want to be able to still have that uh, strong pass defense, which they had last year. One of the things that they weren't. I guess they were average on is the run defense. So they were 13th in run defense. So it's trying to fa- figure out a way to bolster that run defense, getting the linebackers that you need. Um, it's probably what they what they try to go to. But I mean, everything else kind of seems like they're, they're looking <laughs> pretty good. Let's run it back. Let's yeah. run it back. No, that's that's exactly what the situation here is. Um, I'm a little concerned. Losing your defensive coordinator or your offensive coordinator um, does kind of change some things up. I think that is a you know that's just telling us how much more they believe in Josh Allen. I think he's going to get a little bit more of the keys to like kind of run the system how he wants to, um, and as he should, right? He's a playmaker. He's one of the best quarterbacks we will see in our lifetime, as far as abilities are considered. So I think you know they're gonna. There's no issues with the passing game. They just forget yeah. about that one. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter who's out there. I think they'll figure it out. Um, running back situation again. They they've been using lackluster running backs their whole life. You know, you, you don't, we, we haven't seen, like, a big-name running back play for the Bills since maybe, like, who? Like, uh, Marshawn Lynch? Yeah. I mean, even Frank Gore was, yeah. like, you know. At that point, at wasn't that as, point. yeah. So, it's like, maybe they could use one. You know, maybe, you know, move some things here and there. Get a bigger-name guy to kind of make that system, like, a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, again, they're 
biggest problem is definitely the defense. And now, you know, going up against all these powerhouses in the AFC, you're going to want to have a good defense. You can't just keep scoring 50 points and losing, right? Like, that's just... That's unfortunate, but that's the reality of this new age of football. So you need a good defense, and they don't. After losing these players, um, it's going to be tough. They're building a new stadium right now, and everything. So they're like the the culture is at its peak. Yeah, this is the big. This is the best Bills culture as far as like team chemistry. Everything's considered. They're at the peak. I picked them to win the Super Bowl last year, week one, and I don't see why I would not do that again this year. Yeah, the 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 biggest thing for the Buffalo Bills this off season, the way I'm looking at it is. The back end, this is another team where the back end of their team is set, right? Tredavious White tore his ACL, sure, but I expect him to come back. Levi Wallace is a free agent, but their best players on defense is their safety duo, right? Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. So, like, the minute you have staples back there, it's so, so important to the rest of the team. Creates so much pressure, and you're able to disguise and scheme things when you have safeties that can do pretty much everything, right? But the biggest thing from last year to this year is they have so many guys on the defensive line that are pending free agents. Mm -hmm. Defensive end Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison, both pending free agents and their defensive tackle Vernon Butler, right? So if there's one position that it seems like heading into this offseason, they're probably going to need to address, it's that defensive line. Yeah. So draft whether you're drafting defensive tackles or defensive ends or you're signing some people, restructuring some cap space to be able to sign somebody, I think there's very few positions that they need to work on, and that's one of them. And I don't think it would hurt probably to look at a receiver, maybe a compliment. I think Cole Beasley... Uh, might be a pending free agent. I didn't double check on that, but Emmanuel Sanders is a free agent. Uh, with the emergence of that four touchdown game from what's his face? Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis. Maybe he can be their number two, but yeah. uh, I still think a nice compliment to Stefan Diggs, maybe like a bigger receiver, like a jump ball type threat, yeah. because that's the one thing that maybe Diggs can't yeah. do, would be a perfect compliment there. I mean, I like McKenzie as well. I think that like yeah. week 16 Quick. or 17, he had like a really good resurgence where yeah. he was getting those like plays that Debo Samuel kind of gets. Yeah. Those, they're running that a lot with him. Um, and then Dawson Knox is like a, a, yeah. a great a tight end. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm a firm believer in um, Davis, Gabriel Davis. Yeah. I, like, you know, I read uh, stuff about him after the season ended just to see what the hype was about. His like college numbers and like his respect that he's gotten before he came to the NFL was insane. They were like comparing him to Randy Moss and shit. Oh, wow. like, like high praise. So mm -hmm. I think I'm excited to see what more he can do. And he has a quarterback that'll, that can spread the field as yep. long as possible. So I think all these younger players that we're mentioning, like yeah. Isaiah, um, and McKinsey. McKinsey and all these guys, I think they're just going to get better this upcoming year. So yeah. again, no worries about the offense. No matter who's out there, I think the core pieces are there. And, um, you know, just need to solidify that defensive line to create the pressure so the, so the opposing teams aren't scoring 50 points a game. Yep. That's basically it. Play better defense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it's it's very optimistic to be a Bills fan right now because there's not a lot of things you need to change. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things where they could have won the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. They were that close and they were that good. So maybe the only thing that you, like, need to really focus on is getting a good number two. Now that Mitch Trubisky is not there. Yeah, honestly, Maybe. it's so important <laughs> to have that morale builder in the back of quarterback. Who's going to gonna hold the clipboard? Yeah, to keep the sidelines warm, to encourage yeah. Josh Allen when he maybe overthrows a pass. Yeah. Maybe they should hit boys, up Steelers call Mason Rudolph. Yeah. Who's going to do the Boys and Girls Club? <laughs> Josh Allen can't be uh, everywhere. Exactly. Um, but yeah, again, it's... It's a really, really good team with a really, really solid foundation. They are in a win-now mode because they're very, very cap-friendly to their best player, specifically Josh Allen. So while his cap hit is still as low as it is, they have to attack wow. and act fast to try to win this year. And, and you're not going to win a Super Bowl with three of your defensive linemen missing. Yeah, exactly. Defensive end is the most important yeah. position. If you're missing three of that area, 
You're yeah. screwed. It yeah. doesn't matter who you're playing. You're yeah. going to get outplayed by a good offense. Yeah. You're not generating any pressure, which takes the value down of your cornerbacks because they can only cover for so long. Your safeties can only cover for so long, and yeah. then you're right back to where you started, yep. scoring 50 and losing. So um, you don't want to be in that situation, but the Buffalo Bills are in a very, very optimistic situation heading into next year, um, and they're the last team. They're the last team on the board here. Uh, anything else? I know, again, it was a wild, wild day from a news perspective. I expect the next you know week or so to be just as crazy with – the domino effect of every other free agent after Monday, the people that didn't get franchise tagged become free agents. Uh, so with all that being said, anything else you guys want to touch on? No, just stay close to your Twitters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna be hammering the tweets at only playbook. Turn on your notifications. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. What a wild day! Uh, again. The wildness does not stop. Let's hope it continues so that there's much more content for us to be able to cover. Uh, with that being said, we're the only playbook. See you guys when we see you.